2: My only
3: object in being here
4: is to try and get at the truth.
3: Where shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear,
4: I don't give a damn. could have been a contender. Fasten your I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a
2: golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm going to make him an awful deal. All real, men. Love is... is love. Too weak a word.
3: for back. I, I, I loathe you. I, 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 I loathe <laughs> you. I, I you, you. <laughs> 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 I did as he said. If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instruction. This ain't reality TV! let it and validate Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie!
5: Welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast.
3: And the Oscar goes to Parasite.
5: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 185 of the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Neglia. Time of recording, 11.04 a.m. on March 15th, 2020. It's getting serious out there. Um, the world is changing, to quote Gladriel from The Lord of the Rings. Um, things are happening very, very quickly. New updates are spreading regarding the coronavirus, and it is impacting the entertainment industry on a grander scale than even what we were discussing last week. Uh, here to talk with all of you and myself about it today, I have Michael Schwartz. Please stay safe, everyone. Rebecca Daniel.
4: Hi, everyone.
5: Dan Baer. We're all in this
4: together.
5: There's some optimism. Cody Derricks.
4: Happily
6: self-isolated here in Chicago.
5: And Tom O'Brien. Oh, no handshaking, please. So what we're going to do today is we're going to discuss uh, the latest updates that the coronavirus has had on the entertainment industry. Kind of touch base with some of you guys and just make sure, uh, you know, what you guys have been up to uh, during these self-isolating quarantine times, because a lot of us are not going to the movies anymore i will provide everyone with some updates on what's happening over here at next best picture to accommodate these changing and wildly uncertain times uh we're gonna go over the polls um as usual no new trailers this week because nobody's releasing any new trailers for anything coming up anytime soon and uh, we're also going to uh, do something that is a first. Uh, We've never done this before. I had this idea, um, and it's something I've always wanted to do, but I thought this was like the best time to try it. Uh, Because a lot of people are feeling disconnected right now, uh, we are going to have a live call-in segment for our fan questions uh, part of the show. Normally, I ask people to submit this on Twitter prior to recording, and then we answer them live on air I'm actually going to uh, (laughs) try my best to interact on Twitter to get people to actually call into this recording and we'll hopefully be able to interact with people and, you know, just kind of give people a little bit more of a connection, if you will, uh, to us, to the show. I know people are kind of starting to, you know, lose their minds a little bit right now. Um, Like I said, during these really, really crazy times and we want to just be able to um, just, you know, Have a fun interaction with people. Uh, At the end of the day, it's... In in my opinion, I don't want to downplay the severity of what's happening right now. Um, I think the tone of this week's show is definitely more serious than last week's. But at the same time, I don't want us to lose a sense of normalcy. I don't want us to lose that which makes us human. I don't want us to panic. And I think that that's probably the most important thing. So in keeping in line with that I'm going to go around the uh, room here really quick and start off with Michael Uh, Michael, I'm sure you didn't go to the movie theater this week But I'm sure that you've been probably catching up with stuff at home But to also just add on to that, um, maybe just tell us like, what's just going on with your life in general? How is everything? Is everyone
2: uh, okay in your family? Is everything all right? Yeah. So actually, believe it or not, I did get to the movie theater once. Get out of here. Shut down. Yeah. It was last Monday, you know, as stuff was, you know, not as bad as it is right now in Pennsylvania, but, you know, things were certainly looking like they would spread. So I decided to catch Pixar's Onward while well, I still could. Oh, nice. And I really loved it. I think it's a wonderful, wonderful movie with great voice performances. It looks absolutely beautiful. It's emotional. I really, really enjoyed myself during that. And it looks like it's probably the last movie I'll see until maybe at least May or June at this point. So you know, enjoyed it while I could. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was really great. But uh, as for my own situation, look, you know, I'm working from home for the next couple of weeks. You know, we have an end date set for late March, but you know, that's just a date for now. Things could easily change and I'm lucky to be able to keep doing what I'm doing And just adjust, you know, it seems like the whole world is in the same boat right now. So, you know, if I'm able to just keep some sense of a normal routine, as long as I could, I'm happy with that, just as long as everyone around me is staying safe and doing what they're supposed to be doing. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, that's like a
5: very, very tricky thing right now. I know amongst a lot of people, because there are people that still want to go out, socialize, um, But, you know, we don't want to necessarily downplay, like I said, the severity of the situation in the sense that for all we know, hypothetically, right now, we could all be infected and we don't know it because we're not showing the symptoms yet. And that's a very, very, you know, serious thing. But I think the most important thing is once you do start to uh, have those symptoms, that's the time when you really need to, you know, bunker down really, really cut off everything with uh, in terms of interaction
2: with everybody. And, you know, well, even just weather the storm you might be carrying it and not know it. So, you know, yeah. you might, you know, just want to stay home and act as if you already have it and just stay that way for a couple of weeks. Well, that's
5: the problem, though, is that when you say a couple of weeks, I mean, unless if we because there is no cure. So unless if there is an announcement that a cure is coming and when that date is, I mean, how long can we expect people to drag that out? That's the that's I mean, the uh, virus. scary part. So things
2: like this run its course if you take care of yourself and you're able to push through it. But, you know, taking care of a, of a virus like this could be two weeks in itself. Sure. Sure. So, you know, just stay safe. I know it's boring to stay home, but it's what we have to do for now. Yeah. Rebecca, what about you? Are you working from home? Uh,
5: how are things going? Are you guys good on hand sanitizer?
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Been working from home, staying in the last few days. Um Things are kind of ramping up here. People are definitely freaking out at the grocery stores and Costco's. They are kind of having panic attacks in my city, but, um, I've just decided to stay in and just in case, you know, I am a carrier for it or something. I don't have any symptoms, but, uh, yeah, I, Um, I'm just catching up on some movies at home. It's sad to not go to the movie theater, but it's definitely understandable at this time. You know, you don't want any mass spreads of the virus. And yeah, so that's kind of how things are here right now.
5: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I hear you on that. Hey, guys, like I said before, in terms of people wanting to feel uh, connected during these times, uh, we have a late uh, join onto the call right now. Uh, Bianca Gardner actually uh, just messaged me and she's like, can I please come on if it isn't too late? So I'm actually going to add her on to the conversation uh, right now and uh, get her on here. So hold on one quick second. Let's get Bianca on. Might as well try to be as accommodating as possible, right? (laughs) Hello. Hey, B. Hi hello Hi we were uh, just doing uh, our introductions actually uh, for this week in terms of um, what have you been watching at home what do you you know what's going on in your life um, in terms of the virus and you know are you working from home things like that uh, so actually why don't we uh Toss it over to you. Um, you know, what? what's uh, life been like for you over the last week?
0: Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so I am currently running a fever.
3: No. Uh,
0: oh. And um, I was reading up about it. And the sort of um, 14 days ago, I happened to be on a plane coming back from Berlin. Um, so... I'm a, I'm a little bit worried because I was in an airport, so um, who knows who I've come into contact with, but currently just running a bit of a fever, so I've uh, decided not to go into work tomorrow. So.
5: I mean, I hope that you're staying indoors completely.
0: Oh yeah, no, that's fine. It's been great because I've been catching up with a lot of movies so and writing a lot of reviews for Next Best Picture, obviously, mm-hmm. so it's been like a little... It's been it's been great 'cause I can catch up on watching some films finally.
5: Yeah, why don't you uh tell us a little bit about that? Um, you know, what what have you been catching up on? Anything good?
0: Oh I've actually been watching a lot of documentaries on pandemics.
5: Oh geez.
7: <laughs> oh, no. oh God.
0: Um, I was watching stuff it just seems to keep popping up on my Amazon Prime at the moment. It's like it knows. It knows. Um so I started watching some, but then it got a bit too much. So, <laughs> so it's changed to something a little bit lighthearted. Um, uh, so I've just been catching up on um, just some like older films that I haven't seen before. Um, so uh, some film noirs that I have have overlooked. Um, so that's been uh, stuff like... Um, uh, I haven't seen The Big Sleep for ages so I watched that again and some other older films but uh yeah doing also hopefully getting some South by Southwest documentaries on down as well. Yeah,
5: I'll actually have um, a little bit of an update on that actually in a little bit here regarding South by Southwest. Um, Let's pass it over now to Cody. Cody, uh, what do you got going on this last week?
6: Well, unfortunately, I do not have the type of job that I can do from home. So I uh, have been sticking at home while I can. But you know, I do have to go to work. Uh, So been doing that we've been very, very cautious at my place. Uh, we should be fine. Uh, Chicago actually is not really. <laughs> it's a weird combination of nobody's panicking, but then the, also nobody's taking it very seriously, it seems, for the most part. Like yesterday, everybody was out for St. Patrick's Day weekend, which was a little frustrating to see, but I don't know. What are you going to do? Screaming strangers. Uh, otherwise, yeah, I've been kind of watching a bunch of movies at home. I've been to the movies and I don't know how long, uh, unfortunately. Uh, just, uh, yeah. Chilling at home, watching movies. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've been working through – well, I was (laughs) originally plowing Mm -hmm. through all the James Bond movies in anticipation of No Time to Die because I'd only seen the Craig ones up to this point. But then that you know marathon didn't need to be as uh, expedient as I thought it did. But I'm still kind of working my way through it. I've worked through all the conneries. That's been the main focus lately.
5: All right. That's always a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, It's also really fun to see the evolution of those movies over time as well.
6: Exactly. Watching them all in like one fell swoop also is fun to pick up on the little details and the changes and the references. I recommend it.
5: Yeah. Uh, All right. Dan Bear, what about you? Ah,
7: Well, um, as some of you know, I work um, in the fundraising office for a private school and we they were adamantly not closing and not closing and not closing. And then on Thursday, they finally closed. So I've been working from home for two days. And then we got an email last night that one of our faculty members had tested positive oh, no. for coronavirus. So that's fun. Um, I thankfully did not have any direct interactions with him. Um When school was open, so I'm just monitoring um, as much as I can, but one of my (laughs) colleagues in office spent uh, an extended period of time with him, shall we say, on the last day before we closed, so it's a little worrying and you know he's married with two kids two very young kids so it's all kind of uh freaky and scary and who knows what's going to happen to any of us but um school is now closed for at least the next week and they're reevaluating each week as more people um get tested and find out whether or not they have it for real it's an the we i don't we've not seen anything like this I, in any of our lifetimes i think it's weird and scary and yeah i did um bravely venture out uh on friday to see the hunt so that we could have a great podcast about it yesterday everyone please listen in
5: shameless plug it was a great podcast
7: it was a great podcast. I, the movie is uh, more interesting to talk about than to watch, I think. But, um,
5: hey, it meant that we had a great podcast about it. So, <laughs> uh, And then uh, the person that I'm most concerned about on this podcast right now, Tom O'Brien.
3: <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the uh, dangerous group. And uh, so I have to be really careful and was very foolish and went to the movies twice this week. Oh, my God, Tom. <laughs> Tom, what did you see? Was it worth it? <laughs> well, I like them both. But it, it is interesting because it show it it really brought home to me how how People have had to change. Yeah. I went to the, big, uh, the the main theater in town, and it's big, and it's the hangout place for everybody. You know, kids on dates, uh, families, everybody goes there, and it's the uh, lobby is, is usually like Grand Central, and uh, it was like a morgue. It was like really nobody there the you know the poor people behind the concession stand with like bored to tears It's like oh my god what you know this really is real uh like michael i saw onward oh nice yeah it uh and uh it was a in a big theater and it was a lovely private screening just the two of us and so uh it's, it's like, wow, okay, I can get this. This is a late afternoon, early evening showing of a Pixar animated film, and maybe the matinees are gonna do better or whatever. So it was very nice being back. So that's gonna go back. So on Friday, I went back and we saw Emma, period. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, it, uh, it was a little busier, but Friday night is date night out here, and you're uh, really still maybe 10 people in this enormous lobby. Mm. And um, two of them also went to see Emma Perry with me, and uh, it was, uh, I, I must say, I have, to, I have to say, I enjoyed it much more than I expected to. Yeah. It's so delightful, isn't yes. it? Yes.
4: Yeah, it's great. I
3: it's found cute. the first like couple of minutes a little hard to get
5: into at first, but uh, by the end, I, I really cared a lot about those characters. By the end of that
3: movie, mm-hmm. me too. And you know, I'm I'm going along. I said, "Am I nuts? Is this isn't this really good?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Nye is wonderful, and uh, and the guys are really great in this, especially yeah. Johnny Flynn. Yeah, plays Mr. N-
5: A Quick recommendation, if no one's ever seen uh, the independent film starring him and Jesse Buckley called Beast, uh, I highly recommend that. Mm -hmm. That was actually uh, my first introduction to both of them uh, as actors. And uh, that's one definitely worth checking out, I would say, for sure.
3: Yeah, it's, um, you know, I think Emma may be one of those films that people will rediscover after all of this is over. Yeah, yeah. And and I hope they do because it's, it's really terrific and it's just a victim of unfortunate timing. Uh, but uh, so, uh, don't go out if you don't have to. But uh, uh, keep Emma uh, in, in mind. Uh, you know, when, after all of this is over, and uh, find it somewhere and enjoy it. It's, it's, I, uh,
7: I just I, need to bump in and say I am contractually obligated whenever Emma period is mentioned to say Miranda Hart for Best Supporting Actress.
3: <laughs> you know, I mean that. The, she has the scene and yeah. so good. Yeah. It's such a brilliant Oscar clip.
5: I'm going to mm-hmm. just chime in and say, for the record, on a more realistic standpoint, I think those costumes have the <laughs> potential to make it all the way to the end of year. Uh, God bless Miranda Hart, but I, I think the costumes legitimately might stand a chance, because they are really, really good. And the good.
7: production design, too. I mean, I wanted to eat every single thing in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
5: yeah. So this week, I uh, saw... I saw two movies. Um, I, I went to uh, the Paramount uh, offices to see a film called Blue Story, uh, which is a UK uh, crime film about modern uh, day gang warfare in, uh, in London, uh, southeast London. And it's good. It's it's re- it's pretty good. I, I didn't think it was amazing. I wasn't blown away by it, but I was invested in the characters and in the story, and I found it to be a very uh, good watch. Um, I felt bad because while I was there, uh, we were they were hyping up. Uh, a Quiet Place 2 saying how great it was and how much better it is than the first one. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, my screenings are in like a few days. I'm so excited. <laughs> and then
6: <laughs> A Quiet
5: Place 2 uh, had the p- uh, plug pulled on it in terms of its release. Blomp, blomp. And uh, yeah, all that hype went out the window. So um, I, won't, I don't know when uh, we'll get a chance to see that one anytime soon. But uh, still looking forward to it regardless. And then I uh, because here's the thing. Indie films are still being released right now, and it's one of those things where I'm so torn on this because on one hand, as everyone knows, I love to support independent films. I know we all love to support independent films, and we'll do everything we can to make sure that people get out to see them, but it's really, really hard during these times right now to like tell people, oh, you should totally disregard everything that's going on and go see these movies right now. I I wanna I wanna like lean somewhere in the middle and still profess my love for these movies and hope that people do get a chance to see them while at the same time cautioning everyone to have common sense, be safe, um, and
2: don't, you know, spread the virus at the end of the day. I think they should all come out on streaming. I think they should find a way to get them available mm-hmm. to people to watch in their homes. I, I think that, that that
5: might be a longer term solution. I don't think we're gonna see that in the next month or two but if this continues and it progressively gets worse which personally i predict it will um i i think that that's a solution that might be coming later
2: on like if focus said i could watch never rarely sometimes always for like twelve dollars from home i mm-hmm. would do it yeah
3: mm-hmm. yep. i would
2: too uh so that's that's
5: one that's one film that uh released this weekend next weekend uh we have the climb which is another uh Really, really fantastic independent film that debuted at Cannes last year. Um, made its way over to Tribeca. It played over at Sundance again. Uh, not Tribeca, I'm sorry, Tell You Ride, And um, it's finally being released now. And I, I feel so bad that these guys have been on the campaign trail for about a year for this film. And uh, barely anyone's going to see it even worse than what it might have gotten on a regular release, regardless. Uh, but th- the final film that I saw... Uh, and I didn't think I was going to be able to see it because I <laughs> I ended up going to the wrong theater. And in my mind, I knew that I was going to probably end up being like 10 minutes late uh, to see it because I had to get to the right theater in time. I, I thought to myself, all right, I'm going to miss the first 10 minutes. Is it worth me like braving through the subway one more time and getting there uh, and missing the first 10 minutes? And then I thought to myself, you know what? This is the last time I'm probably going to see a movie in a movie theater for Probably quite some time. I, I don't really know when's the next time I'll go. So I saw Saint Maud, oh. uh, which is another film that's being released pretty soon. Yes. Uh, this movie is really well done uh, for a directorial debut. I mean, I was pretty impressed by it all around. Um, it's not a jump scare horror film, it's more of an atmospheric horror movie. Very creepy, very unsettling. If anyone here was raised uh, Catholic, Uh, The imagery will definitely strike you in a way that will haunt you. Oh boy. And it has a very, very bone chilling ending that uh, just completely shook me to my core. Uh, Really, really fantastic performances all around. And it's only 83 minutes long.
6: I was just. Say, I heard it's real short. Oh, yeah, yep. Less time out in public, the better.
5: Yep, in and out. It was, it was, it was really fantastic. I would, I would say for the record that if, uh, like, like that film, The Climb, you know, never really, sometimes, always, if there was a way, like Michael said, for people to be able to get access to these maybe a little bit easier right now during these troubling times, I would definitely be all for it because these are movies that are still coming out regardless and they. Oh, man I, I i think even if this wasn't going on we would all still be advocating for people to go CDs no matter what you know mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and at the end of the day it's like it is what it is and it's very unfortunate for these uh, filmmakers out there hello everyone this is jd from the in session film podcast each week we review the latest from hollywood california well yes brendan we also give top three lists okay yeah thanks again brendan Additionally, you can hear us talk other movie news, trailers, varying movie series, or other
2: interesting film-related topics, and even rants and raves of the week. That's correct, Brendan. On top of our main show, every Friday, you can also hear our extra film podcasts. Good job, Brendan. Thank you, J.D. It's my goal to make you proud. You're the father, after all. (laughs) Yes, and I'm very proud. Uh, You can listen to the In Session Film podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud,
5: or at InSessionFilm.com. Brendan, will you please let me complete just one? Nope. Oh, for heaven's sake. Listen to the In Session Film podcast every Monday and Friday. Subscribe today and hear me verbally beat JD like a Cherokee drum. No, 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 no. That's not how this works, sir. Hey, you you go cry at Midnight Special again, okay? okay. That's what you're good for. I will. You know what? And I'll do it while pummeling you i'll do both at the same time how are you gonna pummel me yeah
7: i don't, I don't buy it that that's
5: just how it works south by southwest uh was indeed canceled last week we talked about it on the show um there has been communication um and a lot of efforts put forward by a lot of people uh to make sure that some of the films that were supposed to premiere there are being seen so a lot of screening links are being sent out to a lot of folks um i know south by southwest set up a hub a digital hub um that's um, from the days that the festival like start um, up until when it was like supposed to end, that you can like access online if you were accredited press. So there are ways for people to still see some of these movies. Um, so that's really exciting. That's great. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of really really great efforts made. I also overheard on um, Little Gold Men um, that Jesse uh, Malton. Um, is doing uh, something as well by trying to coordinate with a lot of the independent filmmakers to get their movies seen uh, as well. So there's there's been a lot of really great effort uh, being put forward. And we know with like Tribeca um, also now being postponed, um, I'm sure that there will be similar efforts in the New York area, hopefully, um, to get some of those films out there as well. The bigger movies, the ones that you probably read about in the headlines, I mentioned before A Quiet Place 2, but Mulan. Fast and the Furious Nine, Antlers, My Spy, The Truth, The Lovebirds, and hilariously, New Mutants <laughs> have all had their releases pushed this off. This horror movie is never going to catch. Up. I am convinced it's not real. New
6: Mutants is gonna it's gonna sneak onto Disney Plus. I guarantee we're You not think so? Absolutely,
5: it. absolutely. I don't know if they would put it on there because of the content. Why? Ooh. Isn't it Marvel? No, it, it's not that. I think it's because it's like a rated R uh, type yeah, of. It's a yeah, oh, is it
2: rated R? Yeah,
5: mm-hmm.
3: yeah. and maybe.
2: Ooh. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it was a kids movie.
0: Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> no,
2: no, <laughs> no. The whole thing who, who is. Would be a great place like a horror movie. Yeah.
0: It ha- it you remember from
6: seeing a trailer in, in 2017?
5: <laughs> 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 Uh, See, guys, we can still have fun during these times. (laughs) Um, Another thing, too, uh, a little bit more serious. Uh, We had our first celebrity uh, test positive for uh, the coronavirus. And Mm -hmm. shockingly, like really shockingly enough, it was the one celebrity that is probably the most beloved celebrity in the entire world. Uh, Tom Hanks and his wife, Rita Wilson, while in Australia, uh, both tested positive for the virus. And... I, I, I find this to be also very enlightening because the fact that they were in Australia meant that they could get tested right away. Who knows what could have happened if they were here in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, it's scary, isn't it? To think that like, you know, how many people um they get like these celebrities get in contact with mm-hmm. and how like it can spread so quickly. I mean, I I'm glad to that Tom Hanks seems to be doing well. He's Did a photo of um, eating toast with Vegemite, Mm -hmm. which is really cute. It was like with a little koala bear and a little Australia flag. I was like, oh, but he put way too much Vegemite on his toast. I'll just say that.
5: (laughs) He's in good spirits right now. A little
3: bit is too much.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's true, Tom. (laughs) You know, that uh, article about Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson Came out about a day after this BBC headline that turned out to be false. It was uh, saying that Daniel Radcliffe was the first celebrity to contract it, but then you know everyone said, "Oh, that's fake. That's fake. It's not real." So when I saw the headline about Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson on Wednesday night, I thought it was just another hoax. Yeah. Wow. And it was, but then I saw it was from Deadline. I'm like, uh, "This might be real." And then I saw Variety, and then Tom Hanks twid- tweeted something. I'm like, "Oh, this is you know actually something that's real. We need to be worried about this now."
3: yeah his letter to his fans was so upbeat so great so, so great and it really uh well it speaks to him of course um but it really i think l- lessened a little bit of the fear people might have about uh, about him and about rita uh and uh, I, I you know they're probably going to get get the best care uh and uh, hopefully it doesn't go f- much beyond you know a fever or whatever but Um, Man, he he had really brought that home uh, to people as well as all the sports cancellations.
5: Well, I I, what was funny to me was Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson get it like sometime during the evening. I can't remember which day of the week it was. I think it was Monday night, if I remember correctly. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because the next morning. That's when I feel like every studio executive in the entire world had like an emergency meeting to discuss their (laughs) slate. Because it's like, guys, Tom Hanks got it. If Tom Hanks got it, everyone can get it. And it's like, we need to push off these movies. And it was just like the timing. Because was it? I, no, I don't think it was Wednesday. I think it was Tuesday. It was Wednesday. It was Wednesday? Everything
3: Wednesday. happened on yes. Wednesday. It was <laughs> Wednesday, yeah. yeah. Wednesday
5: everything was like one happened. of the most depressing days in terms of just the cycle of news, um, uh-huh. of everything. It, I think that was the day with the sports cancellations, the movie yeah. postponements, yes. the festival
2: cancellations. That, course, Broadway closing. That that was on Thursday. That was right after. Yeah, so uh, I was in a or, meeting yeah. on Thursday. We were discussing... Uh, a uh, number of events at my uh, place of work and talking about how we were going to move through with all these events not happening. And one of them was a Broadway event. I'm like, "Uh, well, we don't even have to worry about getting people their tickets now because there's no show. <laughs> so my my question, and I'm sure we'll get
5: uh, some fans asking questions about this as well. Uh, we asked this last week. Um, we had some developments last week. This week, we had a lot of developments. Um, Can has not officially officially uh been postponed or canceled yet it's going to be
0: oh it has 100% to oh my going God. To be.
5: yeah cuz the new I guidelines mean, were just put yeah. in place yesterday exactly right? so i i expect an announcement on that any day now and you have to ask yourself now that this has become a reality with all of these festivals being postponed um until fervent notice all of the movie releases being pushed off until fervent notice some until even next year um, this is something that is unprecedented in terms of the movie industry, and it's really, really hard to predict exactly what will happen. And now I have to ask the ultimate question as well: What does this mean potentially for um, the Academy in terms of? Uh, are the board of governors going to get together to decide? Are they going to do something similar to what they did during? Um, uh, I think it was the Golden Globes during the writer's strike, where they had a ceremony that. Um, wasn't attended by you know a bunch of people and such, and the winners were just simply like announced. Like, is there is there going to be enough films in contention this year for Academy Awards? Like, wh- <laughs> what 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 are we
2: living through right now, people? Well, well as Miranda for the show
0: Hart itself, winning for sure. Miranda Hart, yeah.
2: Elizabeth for Best Actress. That's what's going to happen at the ceremony. Yeah. Um... But as for the actual show itself, look, that's in February. You know, it's we're in March of 2020 right now. That's 11 months away. They're saying that the worst of this could be, you know, eight to nine weeks, maybe. So by the summer, you know, maybe thinking positive here. By August, it could be like, you know, this whole thing was a blur. Or we could still be living through it. I don't know what the future holds here. So the optimistic part of me thinks, oh, by February, it'll just be business as usual. But as for the release of these contenders and with production shutting down, I don't know what that's going to mean for eligibility dates. So maybe we see a world where the Oscars are in April, just like they did back in the day. And these movies are rolling out in like December, January. Maybe they even extend it beyond December 31st. I don't know. Another
6: you know, possibility, maybe, uh, if we are like we're predicting a lot of stuff just gets dumped on streaming, maybe they loosen the streaming requirements for eligibility. Like they don't have the, you know, must play in a theater for whatever, many weeks. I, I wouldn't put money on it because, you know, they are a stickler for their own rules, but I wouldn't be shocked if that happens.
3: And if, if they don't, boy, what a crush of films we're going to be having to deal with in the fall.
7: Oh yeah. Lord, I do not look forward to that. It's gonna be a
3: lot. <laughs> I feel like award season always nearly
5: kills me every single year, and I just, I, I, I can't even fathom. I can't. I just don't have enough hours in a day to cram in that much. If they all just kind of like, colli- you know, you know what's really funny is somebody brought this up to me uh, last week. Uh, was someone said to me, you know, do we think that? Do you think that? Um, we'll get a similar situation like we got this year in terms of the Academy Award nominations not being spread out and only being concentrated on a few select films because if everything is coming out all at once uh, in the fall this year do we think it's going to be another uh, thing again with voters and screeners in regards to, um, well, I'm only going to watch the stuff that has the most buzz and everything else is going to get tossed aside. It's like, oh, fuck, you're right. Yes. (laughs) Like, we're going to end up in another situation where like four films are going to get 10 plus nominations because people just don't have time to watch everything, you know? It depends which movies are impact. Yeah. Well, let's also remember, too, Guillermo del Toro's uh, new film, uh, its production just got... uh, Uh, Not canceled, just temporarily shut down right now. Uh, The Last Duel, the new Ridley Scott film, same thing, its production has been halted for the time being. A lot of productions, because it's a gathering of a lot of people in one space at one time, are being halted for the time being Mm -hmm. until we get more clarity on this. And you have to ask yourself, um, what does that mean in terms of will they make their release windows uh, at the end of the year, or will we have to wait longer uh, to see these movies, and really Scott's case, I'm not worried. He could probably make the film in like two weeks time.
2: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> can do it that afternoon.
5: <laughs> at all. <laughs> but but seriously though, um, you think about all the movies that are being made right now that are heading for an October November release date, and you know if you're losing weeks and weeks of production, uh, we might we might have a fall award season that is more populated by the bigger blockbuster studio films than the smaller films potentially yeah wouldn't that be something wow it's gonna be very interesting oh yeah i i mean and you know nobody knows for sure because until more testing is done in the united states and i'll tell you this right now when they release the actual numbers in terms of how many people actually do have it right now in the states itself which i anticipate will happen probably within the next week I think that's when the real panic is going to officially start amongst people because you know you can say all you want don't panic don't panic don't panic but it's inevitable that once people see how many of us actually already probably do have it um, the panic is going to start no matter what uh, in in most cases I've read that 70 to 80% uh, of the population of the United States will most likely get it unless if a vaccine does come out so it's It's kind of inevitable, I think.
3: Yeah, I I believe Anthony Fauci. He's a terrific, a man of huge integrity. And if he tells me it's going to take 18 months to get a vaccine, I believe him. Yeah. So
5: I I would say the best thing we can all do right now is try to live our life with some level of normalcy while at the same time just being cautious. Don't be crazy. Don't go and buy everything of toilet paper and hand sanitizer (laughs) out there, people. Mm. All right. But, seriously you know apply a level of common sense you know good hygiene you know the social distancing thing it's like no one's saying you have to be antisocial. it's just you know just you know try and be cautious
0: it's funny because i actually generally needed toilet paper the other day oh boy and i felt so odd buying it because i was just like are people judging me right now i actually need this
5: <laughs> oh jeez, louise
6: oh my gosh I will say, while we're on the topic, um, I I actually, okay, so I work at an art house theater. I manage an art house theater here in Chicago. And I will say that if, like you said, like we're talking about, if you like really feel the need to go out, which, I again, I advise again, if you feel the need to, I would call the theater and see how busy that showtime is. I know mm-hmm. a lot of theaters, ours included, are limiting the capacity for the theaters just to, you know, put space between people. But if you want to call and see how busy it is, I'm sure they'll give you that information. And we definitely do. And that way you can see if it's, you know, worth venturing out for.
5: I think that's really important that you just mentioned there, Cody, because that was something that um, also I was very curious to see what the major theater chains would end up doing. Uh, The president of AMC uh, Theaters sent an announcement out the other day uh, in regards to the protocols that they're going to be instituting uh, to enforce Mm -hmm. social distancing at the movie theater. They're not shutting down. Uh, but they are going to be limiting uh, the capacity of how many people they put into their theaters by 50%. It's
7: going to be very interesting to see what box office receipts look like for the next couple of weeks compared to these same weekends in previous years.
5: Well, if Vin Diesel is to be believed, uh, Bloodshot's going to make half of a billion dollars. So. <laughs> <laughs>
7: well, it's not going be a lot of competition.
2: <laughs> the box office report just came out for this weekend. Oh my God, hit me. Uh, it's the lowest grossing box office since January 1999. <gasps> wow. Oh. The top 10 grossed a combined. I think it's the top 10. Uh, the report just came out. Let's see. Right now, before the reports of the official numbers are released, all uh, all films, not just the top 10. All films this weekend look as if they grossed an estimated 54.4 million. Like cumulatively? my God. Holy hell.
3: Sometimes one film does that. But it's true, yeah. Together? God.
2: Onward, top the box office with 10.5 million this weekend, a 73% drop from last week.
3: Wow. Mm -hmm. Which was
2: already pretty low because that's when people were starting to panic. Wow. So,
5: yeah. And next week, we don't have any, like I said, any major film releases outside
2: of independent films. So. It's craziness. Now, if, like I said, things do slow down over the summer, like if we see a return to our normal lives by maybe July, I could see a world where August and September, which are usually pretty quiet. That's when maybe you'll see Mulan or a quiet place. Yeah, I
5: could see that happening.
2: Uh, But who knows? Personally, I want to see Mulan at at, uh, Telluride. That'd be that'd be fun.
7: Uh That would be amazing.
5: All right. So uh, what I want to do now is I want to move over to uh, the polls, uh, and then we'll get over to the fan question segment here. Uh, For last week's poll, we asked everyone which is their favorite controversial film. Uh, A lot of choices on the list, a lot of controversy surrounding uh, the types of movies. And, you know, it it ranged from religious to violence to sex. And so let's take a look and see what the top ten are here. Okay. So... At number 10, we have Vesef Rogan, James Franco, Comedy, The Interview. And number nine, we have William Freakins, The Exorcist. Mm. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Life of Brian.
0: Oh.
5: Yes.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting double bill.
5: <laughs> number seven, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. number six Catherine Bigelow's Zero Dark Thirty wow number five is Joker (laughs) oh that's number four (laughs) is Spike Lee's Do the Right Thing yes number three is Darren Aronofsky's mother oh (laughs) It has its fans. Great film. So good. (laughs) (laughs) Number two, Stanley Kubrick's A Clockwork Orange. Mm. And number one, Jonathan Demme's The Silence of the Lambs. Mm. So those were uh, the top ten favorite controversial films. Not the most controversial films, just which films that are controversial were your favorite. So, the results, I think, make sense based on the question. This week, we're not putting forward choices. Uh, We're instead going to put forward um, a survey, and you're going to just give us an answer. So, there is an app that I recently downloaded. It's called Just Watch. On there, you put in your uh, favorite movie preferences and which streaming uh, services you have. And it will recommend to you uh, what movies, based on the films that you put in and what streaming services you have, uh, you could watch right now for streaming. So during these self-quarantined, isolating times, we're asking everyone, what movie do you recommend that people watch at home? I mean, and this is broad. This could be anything. I'm not tailoring it to any specific conversation. just want a movie recommendation and where i can stream it because hell i'm sure people are going nuts out there right now and they're just looking for something to watch from someone that they trust so i mean it could be literally anything does anyone i know i asked you guys what you guys have been watching at home at the top of the show here is there anything that you guys uh, would recommend that people check out right now while they have the time and where can they watch it? Just movies or TV shows? Also, let's stick with movies for now. I mean, TV shows, I'm sure, are definitely a part of the conversation. I'm sure binging is huge at the moment, but mm-hmm. let's just let's just keep it to movies for now, just to be uh, a little bit more, you know.
0: Well, I would say to people, go look up Ingmar Bergman's films. Uh, go mm-hmm. if you haven't if you haven't watched any of his films. Um, now is the perfect time to go and uh, catch up on some classics um you know through through glass darkly um persona um the wonderful seven seal um my personal favorite is um uh, uh, uh a film of his called silence i believe yeah. it is called so um I think it's a great time for people to go back and revisit like these classic films that you keep putting off and putting off because there's new releases. Well, you know, they're they're out there and you have access to them. So, yeah, definitely go, go seek those out and I'll put some recommendations up on Twitter as well
7: yeah my first instinct was like well if we're gonna be alone for a long period of time now is finally the time to buckle down and watch berlin alexander Platt. there you go but, uh.
1: <laughs> but you go.
7: like uh, i mean watch the the longer versions of um uh, fanny and alexander or mm. uh Oh, crap. I keep wanting to say marriage story. That's not it. Scenes from a
0: marriage. Scenes from a marriage, yes.
5: Very, very good. I I mean, especially with the passing of Max von Sydow this last week, I think that his collaboration with Ingmar uh, Bergman is definitely uh, something to look into as well. Uh, They made a lot of films together. And – I I see a lot of people, I'm already looking at some of the replies that we've received from this already, and some people are saying Roma on Netflix. I mean, yeah, if you never got a chance to check it out, like, now would be a good time,
2: (laughs) I would say.
6: What about our good friend The Irishman? It's so long.
2: Three and a half hours. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know what? While we're talking about Netflix movies, and I know many of us have seen Roma and The Irishman, and by all means, go watch them again because they're fantastic. But if you're looking for a Netflix movie that you probably missed a year and a half ago – I would say as you're, you know, quarantined or working from home or just looking for something to watch, go catch up with the movie Private Life that was on Netflix in 2018.
3: Yes. You're right, Michael.
2: So right. I don't think enough people saw that and it's wonderful and the performances are just stellar. And Tamara Jenkins is a brilliant writer director. So catch up with that because I think you'll really enjoy it.
3: Especially if you're fans of Paul Giamatti and Catherine Hahn.
2: Love them. Yeah. So good. And then once you're done that, back and watch The Savages and see why Laura Lenny should probably have an Oscar by now. Even Boom! Gary wonderful. And- we
7: all know that. Yeah.
2: So I'm pulling
5: up that app again uh, that I mentioned before, Just Watch. Um, they're not paying me, by the way. I just really like this app.
6: Oh, I use that app today. It is so helpful. It's Can
5: really, look? really well done. I mean, right now, right off the top of the bat, they're recommending I check out, uh, and I've seen all of these, but like Forrest Gump. Her, Jackie Brown, Lost in Translation, 8 Mile. You want to check out that Eminem Oscar-winning song, people? Uh, Downfall, uh, Breakfast Club, The Butterfly Effect. Man, I haven't seen that in a long time. Oh, uh, Babel, or as Arnold Schwarzenegger once said the Golden Globes, Babel. Um, <laughs> uh, Rush, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I mean, guys, there's, there's so many good st- stuff streaming right now. So much good stuff. Uh, But yeah, I would definitely, uh, you know, take a look into that, Um, you know, check out some foreign films, check out some small independent films, use this time to really just get brushed up. I mean, you might as well, uh, especially considering, you know, not a lot of us are going to be leaving the house anytime soon. So
1: hi, everyone. This is Tim Costa. I'm Hermano da Silva. And this is Walter Vinci. And together we are the First Time Watchers podcast. Each week we choose a movie to review that none of us has seen. Watch it together. And then discuss.
7: These movies could be new.
1: And you don't have to worry about us going on and on about this and that and the other. And, oh, no, no, look, no, no, let's no. talk stop, about stop, stop, this stop. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up, shut up. I wonder
7: shut who up. the cat... God damn it, shut up! I think up. that's oh, enough. My God. Go by the oh, my, God. The oh, my
8: God.
5: All right. Fan question segment time. Let's have some people call in. Let's open up the phone lines and let's, uh, you know, get some questions uh, from some people.
0: This is exciting. Oh, yeah.
6: No. <laughs> 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 i'm waiting for like my mom to call in or something <laughs> right <laughs> something completely unexpected
5: what, what was the movie um oh yeah uh the hangover when he's like what do we do now and then zach Galifianakis is like we wait <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. so uh looks like we got kobe mack here on the line kobe how you doing today
8: yo 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 what up how we doing we're doing fine Hello. we're doing well hey kobe
5: <laughs> kobe how are you doing
8: Man, I just got back to, um, to Atlanta. I went to go drop my daughter off in Orlando, um, to, she's out of school for the next two weeks. So there was nothing to watch. So I figured, all right, well, you're going to go to your mother-in-law's, my, my, my mother-in-law's house.
5: Yeah. Well, uh, you called in. I assume you have a question for us. Hit us up. What do you got?
8: Yeah. So over under, okay. How much of a box office loss do you, can you guesstimate is going to be, uh, had with this season? And how will that impact the perception of the remaining films that are still left to come out within the next 30 days? I feel like so much of the box office is how it colors our perception of a film. Like, oh, did it do well? Did it resonate with audiences? But do we just give these films that come out a mulligan?
2: I read an estimate the other day. I think it was maybe The Hollywood Reporter that said something like the industry was expecting to lose $20 billion over the next couple of weeks yeah which is a significant number of course yeah but in a time like this you know of course health is um that's our primary focus for the time being so when it comes time to return to business as as usual i don't know if there's going to be some sort of stimulus package that's available or if everyone just has to take a hit but that's an awfully significant hit so i don't know that that's going to be the situation but to answer your question yes i think it is going to you know change things dramatically losing all this box office revenue and just the studios having to pay people you know, when they're shutting down productions. So I think it's all sort of reliant on where our federal government is at the moment and how they're going to help all these people who are out of work and get the studios back on their feet. It reminds me a lot
5: of the uh, buyout that took place uh, during the uh, recession era and whether or not if that will happen again, essentially. I don't think it will. I think a lot of studios are going to go out of business. Uh, the smaller ones, especially.
3: Yeah.
5: Um, I think the big studios like Disney will be perfectly fine. But uh, there's no doubt that this is a very, very serious hit. The one thing that everyone can take, I think, a little bit of um, solace in with this is that it's impacting everyone. This is yeah. not uh, something that is specific to a group of people or one specific studio or anything like that at all. This is something that literally is impacting everyone every single human being on the face of the planet. And in that regard, I think it's very, very interesting because I think of movies like Arrival and how a movie like that is all about people uh, setting aside their differences and language barriers and everything else to kind of try and come together to uh, overcome a common uh, enemy or uh, overcome a, a goal, purpose, et cetera. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping that out of this, we will be able to get that. Good question. That was a good question.
7: Yeah. I it's interesting. Like, I think that it's going to push a lot more studios to streaming this whole thing because, like, you, if you look at what Disney has done with like releasing Frozen two on Disney Plus early, and um, they
6: streamed Skywalker yeah. early too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. not on and, Disney Plus yeah, um, but for rental.
7: Was it Hulu that did? Um, uh, adolescence, the Pete Davidson. Yeah, big time adolescence is who. Yeah, big time adolescence. Yeah. Like, that came out early, and I think that's gonna. I just think that's gonna. This is gonna impact, and it's gonna make a lot of studios question how they can work with streaming in order to make some more money off of this, because that's the only way they have, really.
5: Yeah. All right, so uh, Kobe, thank you so much for the question. All right, so we have uh, Juan Carlos here on the line. Juan, how you doing?
1: Hello, hi. How are you? I'm good. Thanks.
5: <laughs> awesome, awesome. Glad uh, you could join us here right now uh, for this conversation. Uh, what question do you want to ask us?
1: Uh, I
7: have, I have two things that are very. I, I mean, the moment I saw your thing, whatever. Um, the first one is uh, with the pace. It's what's with, with what's going on. Do you think? Elizabeth Moss and Ben Affleck could really solidify a narrative to be taken seriously with the next Oscars. And the second one would be, um, do you think Netflix could benefit from this, from the the pushbacks from the releases? Do you think Netflix could this could pave the way for Netflix to find um, a path for a win in Best Picture? I mean, <laughs> especially for last year, they had two nominees. I was just talking about how um, I think this is going to be a big test for the stu- the big studios pushing some releases to streaming because they got to make money somehow, and that's really the best way they have at the moment. But I don't know how much this is going to impact Netflix's Best Picture run because we don't really know yet how it's going to affect the end-of-year releases, and it's that end-of-year primacy that really helps determine... Uh, yeah. nominees and winners, yeah. or at least it has recently.
3: Yeah, we shall see. I mean, Netflix certainly will do very well because of this. Because, uh, oh, yeah. I think earlier this, you know, a couple of days ago when the huge drop came in, there were only two stocks that did really well Netflix and Peloton, <laughs> 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 but both, both at home products. Yeah, that shows you where people's minds are at. Um, As far as the Elizabeth Moss, Ben Affleck, well, probably right now they are, you know, maybe the two leading contenders, but I'm not quite sure how long that'll last. But it, uh, you know, and it would be a little tasteless for, um, you know, either of the studios to really promote that. But uh, it's... The the Oscar race is what it is, and certain people may certainly remember. I hope so. Let me me put it to you this way in regards to
5: Moss and Affleck right now. Um, I think that if the coronavirus was not even a factor, period, end of story, um, they would still be... you know, the leading contenders in the first quarter of the year. And it's very, very rare that we do see a contender uh, within the first quarter go on all the way until end of year. Traditionally speaking, uh, usually it is, has to be like a best picture uh, contender and then an actor gets mm-hmm. looped in along with it. I'm thinking of someone like Daniel Kaluuya recently with Get Out or how close Ray Fines came with uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. So uh, in that regard, I think that, while yes they are definitely in the conversation as of today they're the only two people in conversation as of today and i think that would be the case whether the virus was a factor or not i think that um we were talking earlier about how there are a lot of movies that are getting uh their productions halted right now at the time and they may not make uh their end of year release potentially as a result of that they might have to wait to get released next year so in terms of the path clearing. Um, I still think it would take a very extremely huge Hail Mary pass uh, for something like that to take place for either one of them. They're both good in their movies, respectively, but I'm, I, I, I find it very unlikely, personally.
0: That's a really great question.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in regards to uh, Netflix... Um, uh, da, 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 da. I think that if Netflix does something uh, pretty big from a PR perspective to kind of help, quote unquote, continue to save cinema during this time, that could help as far as a narrative goes. Like if they do become a streaming home for a lot of movies right now that need a home at the moment, mm-hmm. um, I think that could go a long, long way. But then you have to ask yourself, like, what is it going to be like in regards to something like, you know, Mank? Uh, you know, later on at the end of this year? um, Is that even on paper a quote-unquote like best picture uh, winner type, you know? Um, I don't know. I think there's still very, very many unanswered questions whether the coronavirus was a factor in this case or not. Uh, Juan Carlos, thank you so much for uh, the question. We really, really appreciate you calling in today. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right, take care.
0: Bye. Bye. I waved, but... I realize this is being recorded and no one can see it.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> All right, we have another call in here. This is so exciting. I love
0: it. I love it. <laughs> so fun. I feel like we're on a radio show. Are we going to get like, so, some, here's someone calling about alien conspiracies or something? Yeah. <laughs>
5: Uh, well, maybe we will right now. Uh, joining us on the call right now, we have Edward Douglas, who's done a couple of uh, interviews with us over here for uh, Next Best Picture. Ed, how you doing today?
8: Uh, I'm okay. I'm staying home.
5: Okay. All right. Uh, do you have a question that you want to ask us right now on the podcast?
8: Yeah. If it, if it hasn't been covered, I'm curious about how you guys feel about, um, you know, what's happening and what will happen with like movies like, for instance, this weekend. Uh, uh, oh, God, I'm gonna get it wrong. Never really, never sometimes, really, sometimes always. always yeah, <laughs> okay, I got it right. I, I'm like movies like that. I mean, that movie like that, it, it was always going to have trouble, you know, finding an audience, you know, even though critics loved it. Um, but it, a movie like that, it will have trouble finding an audience. But the thing is, do you think it'll find an audience later? Like, again, I like there's no new movies really opening in the next couple of weeks, so it'll have it'll be out there, but there won't, might not even be any theaters open playing it. I don't know, I don't know how many theaters. Um, it was playing in New York that it closed, but you know, as you probably know, like a lot of the New York area theaters, like you know, the Alamo and Metrograph and Film Forum, they've all closed. Yeah. For the weekend,
5: so, and I want to just say for the record, in regards to that, I overheard last night someone told me this that um, Alamo Draft House in New York closed, and they're not paying their employees. Ah, uh, during that time, and I just want to just say what a shit move that is on their part. And I just want to publicly express that because uh, that really, really disappointed me uh, considerably. Yeah, yeah. In regards to your questionnaire, Ed, I didn't get a chance to say this before, but here's an idea. And guys, tell me what you guys think about this. Don't you think that now is the time, if ever, to for a f- small film like Never Really Sometimes Always, not do a platform limited release, but just release it wide?
4: Oh yeah,
0: I completely. Oh agree, yeah. So. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And I think as well,
0: we have a responsibility to keep these films in the conversation. Um, as mm-hmm. as as critics and as reviewers, we should be like making sure that these films don't just fall off the radar, um, and kind of um, encourage people to be aware of them. So when it does come, once this has all blown over, and things have gone back to normal, you know, hopefully the maybe be re released and then people will go out there and be able to be like oh okay so and so said that this was a great picture so uh, i don't know i I just i feel like that's something that we should all be doing as a community on film twitter as well
7: well so like that's the thing that's interesting to me is that obviously a lot of new releases have decided to get out of the way of the current state of things and have postponed or canceled completely but like what is the movie landscape going to be like once um, people are able to stop self-isolating and quarantining and go out about a more regular existence? You know, like if that's the case, like, yeah, let's get Never Rarely, sometimes always in over a thousand theaters and hopefully people will see it because there's not much else to see and they heard it was good. But like, if it's going to be a huge glut of things that are all want to open up back when, you know, or in the future, when we're able to go to the movies again, I I worried that it's going to get buried even deeper. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And, and that's particularly disappointing because that's one of those few movies that premieres at, Sundance and then gets released almost right away to capitalize on all the buzz, which is like what you would hope more movies out of Sundance (laughs) would do instead of waiting a year or two years.
3: It'll be interesting because there's not going to be any. There's no drop dead deadline in terms of okay, it's time to go to the movies again. So let's start. Yeah, Uh, it's going to be very gradual in terms of people's confidence uh, going out in theaters and how do studios. Figure you know, figure that out and figure out a release plan for something they can count on. Perhaps. All right. It'll be over by August 1st and they're gearing up towards an August 1st uh, opening and it's not there yet. And uh, it's going to be really tough and tricky because it's all going to be a guesswork.
4: Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest things about this is there's just so much uncertainty surrounding all of it. We don't know when it's going to end. We don't know how long it'll go on. You know, it could be a couple weeks. It could be a couple months. It's just crazy.
5: All right, Ed, I really, really appreciate the call in. I appreciate the question. Um, I know you're in New York as well. And um, hey, listen, I-, I also know that, you know, you've had your uh, fair share of uh, health scares over the years. So, man, listen, uh, personally, just stay safe. Stay cautious. I hope everything's all right.
8: Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate
5: it. All right, man. Best of luck to you. Thanks. All right. And now we have a friend of the podcast over here uh, from Incession Film, uh, dot com. We have Ryan McQuaid calling in. Ryan, how
1: you doing today? I just woke up. <laughs> uh, I just woke up. Uh. Uh, I just because I saw that you guys were doing this and uh, I completely overshot my alarm uh, for it. So, All good. Uh, All good. You're here now. You know? That's that's true, I am here now and I just wanted to say hello to everyone And um, I don't really have a question for you guys um, I just wanted to say thank you for for what you guys are doing here um, It's been kind of a dark, dismal time right now For a lot of people And you guys doing this is, is really awesome And I commend every single one of the Next Best Picture team I speak for myself from Award Circuit And also from In Session Film for you guys doing this uh, but I do have a question. Oh, there it is. Uh, actually, I just I just thought of it off the top of my head. <laughs> um, it's kind of amazing what happens when you you know when you wake up and and you need coffee and a lot of other things. <laughs> and speaking of coffee, um, what is y'all's go-to favorite meal during this whole coronavirus? Oh man, outbreak. Good <laughs> question. <thing? laughs> Um, I you know, like personally, it. personally, uh, I like a can of beans uh, that are lukewarm. Uh, you know, <laughs> under a shelter, um, living large. <laughs> you know, uh, gotta have pork in it. Um, I'll start
5: off. Um, I, 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 I mean, like, they're, they're <laughs> all right. So every morning, uh, without fail, I uh, always eat uh, eggs um, all the time, uh, whether they are. Um, <laughs> my sister never listens to the podcast but she'll get this joke if she ever heard it um <laughs> there was one time where instead of calling them hard boiled eggs i called them shellless eggs and <laughs> 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 my sister never lets me live that down. She's like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, but sometimes I do eat them hard-boiled. Uh, sometimes I cook them. Uh, but that's not my go-to meal. Uh, my go-to meal is always a freaking bag of pasta. I love pasta so much. Uh, just the other night, I was eating like raviolis and like uh, vegetable oil and like some seasoning and stuff. It, oh, it was freaking amazing.
1: What are you, Italian or something? Yeah, I might be a little <laughs> Italian. <laughs> be clear, you are cooking this pasta because it sounds like you're just taking it out of the bag (laughs) (laughs) to be clear
5: to be clear
1: to be clear I I do I do go to the store
5: get it in a bag and I just boil the water and yeah (laughs) OK, like you just
1: going all crunch on it. All right.
5: No, 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 uh, What do you think I am? Some kind of savage?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, we are living in different times. That is
2: true. That is true. Uh, Michael, what about you? You know, I love to cook. I don't know if people know that about me, but it's one of my favorite hobbies, just to, you know, experiment in the kitchen, see what, you know, different comfort foods I could come up with in a time like this. So yesterday, uh, I was actually making one of my last stops at the market before, you know, staying home for a while. And I stopped at uh, one of the artisan Italian markets in the area, and just got a bunch of comfort food to bring in, uh, and then just some stuff to freeze to use later in the week. So last night I had a really delicious uh, uh, brie and fig flatbread pizza that was delicious. Uh, but today I have some, you know, some gnocchi to work with, uh, like a ricotta gnocchi. So that'll be really good. But when it comes to just you know middle of the weekend, and I feel like away from the prepared stuff and making my own things, you can never go wrong with like a lasagna or going out to the grill now that it's nice weather and doing like barbecue chicken or hamburgers and hot dogs. And then if we're still quarantined come uh, the holidays next month, I'm going to be getting ready for Passover, you know, whether we're having people in or not. So I'll be making a brisket and, uh, you know, all the things that go along with Passover food. So yeah, just anything that is, you know, creative and allows me to work in the kitchen. I enjoy doing that. Okay. Man. All right. I'm going. I'm going to Michael's house. I want to hear from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We're not accepting guests at this time, Ryan. We'll talk after the quarantine.
5: <laughs> I would like to and hear uh, next from uh, Bianca. Bianca, what about you? What's your go-to food?
0: Okay. So when I was younger, my dad. Um, he bless him. Um, he's not here with us anymore. But he used to prepare under the. Uh, cupboard we had a uh, under our stairs we had a cupboard and he would use to put tinned food in there we used to joke about him like being a hoarder and like no the, this is that we used to call it the apocalypse cupboard just in case <laughs> so I think it's ironic that he's not here right now and um, we you know uh, it, but he would use to do batch cooking so he would make first off make a real big chili con carne um, yeah. full of beans a bit of mince, um but packed full of tinned um tinned beans tinned sweet corn whatever you just chuck it in and then there will always be leftovers so then he would use the rice and the mince to make a lasagna it sounds really weird but then we would have it we could survive on that for at least a week <laughs> um so uh and also like Um, hot dog pasta, which sounds disgusting.
6: (laughs) I'm in love. My cholesterol just went up here. Um,
0: But yeah, it it used to be... So that's my sort of go-to, so I try and make sure that I've got like batch cooking, so I'm set for the week. Cool. Oh, and tea bags. Don't forget tea bags. This is the most important thing. Very, very important. Being English um tea bags are essential
5: all right Rebecca what about you
4: well I love a good hamburger so hamburger patties to make um but I can't eat that every day so I also have some chicken and rice to cook and some fish and vegetables things like that so I can enjoy some burgers but also have a healthy balance
5: love it I think you just described, like, my diet in, like, one full <laughs> explanation there. <laughs> uh, Dan Bear, what about you?
7: Uh, so I fully – when I – I like to cook too, but it often just takes more time than I have available or the patience for. But when there's a lot of time like this, there, there are two things that I like to do. Uh, one is I like to break out the crock pot. Uh, cook something all day and have my apartment smell nice and yummy. <laughs> um, I have this amazing recipe for split pea soup that I like to do in the crock pot. Um, and the other thing that isn't generally I don't do in the crock, crock pot, I probably could, but I don't, um, but it takes a long time to do properly is to make a nice curry. Oh,
0: um,
7: oh yeah. I love making chana masala. Um, Chicken tikka masala, any any good curry, I have like a f- few good curry recipes that I like and yeah they just simmer for like hours, but they're all oh, so good.
2: You can never go wrong with soup. you know, doing that, you know, mm. even though we're not in the you know middle of winter anymore. when you're home, it's oh, just nice yeah. to have something cozy like that, like Forget a pea home. soup or vegetable soup or matzo ball, something like that is always delicious. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, Cody.
6: All right, so I can't cook for shit. Uh, I,
8: <laughs> I
6: survived for the better part of 25 years of my life on food. That was the color of sand. But um, <laughs> my lovely boyfriend, Zach, is a great cook. He's actually baking cookies right now. Um, so he does most of the cooking. He makes lots of great meals. Uh, we stocked up a ton of ingredients to make a bunch of meals for the next week just in case. But every now and then we'll text each other and we'll say, Should we be, should we be, should we be bad? And without even, you know, specifying, we know that one of us means we have to go pick up a home run in frozen pizza for cheese from the grocery (laughs) store. So we bought two of those yesterday and uh, really excited to be breaking into those uh, sooner rather than later. Hopefully that's my go to (laughs) uh, comfort food. Love it. I know it. it seems like sacrilege living in Chicago with all this great pizza around and buying Fucking frozen pizza, but it's delicious. <laughs> let me tell
5: you, <laughs> Papa John's, baby, do it up. No, oh not, Papa God, John,
8: not Papa John's. John. in New York. Oh
6: that was the
5: joke. That
1: was the joke.
3: That's. <laughs> I thought it was supposed to be show. bad. <laughs> yeah, yep.
1: Tom, what about you? Bad for more than one uh, reason.
3: Yeah. Uh, as soon as the podcast is over, I'm hopping over to the slow cooker. I'm putting. Uh, I'm, we're having six people in tonight for dinner and I'm uh it's uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up so I'm plopping in five pounds of corn fresh corned beef oh my God. Not, not the crap in the, the plastic blend but really fresh corned beef um throw in three cans of beer oh. and, let, and let it cook for nine hours and uh then I'm going to make some uh, roasted baby potatoes with onions uh, cabbage of course and uh A sort of sautéed honeyed uh, carrots and parsnips. I want to have dinner at your house. house.
7: I'm flying (laughs) to
3: California. (laughs) Yesterday I did a little tour of all the Asian markets. So uh, this week, and I'll put it online if I can can get a picture of it, I'm going to pretend that the Park family is going to be home in eight minutes. And so I'm, (laughs) I'm making ramdon with sirloin. Yeah,
5: <laughs> yes, God.
3: Well, that's the menu for the week.
5: Amazing, love it. I'm oh.
0: starving now. Yeah, this has made me incredibly hungry.
5: <laughs> I think this might be where we ended here today because I, I, I think that we're ending on a good note right now, all things considered. Movies uh, to recommend to watch uh, right now during these self isolating times and food to eat as well. I mean, come on, guys. Don't get no better than that.
3: No.
5: Ryan, thank you so much for the question, man. Stay safe out there. Be cautious. And uh yeah, don't lose hope, man. Keep doing what it is you're doing.
1: Uh you guys do the same thing. Oh, by the way, uh, I like to make fettuccine alfredo. Oh yeah. Oh man um, And and then you can't go wrong with a grilled cheese. No one said a grilled cheese. Come on, guys, we're better <laughs> than this. You gotta make a grilled cheese. It's the best thing to make. It's super easy. And who doesn't love a grilled cheese? But anyway, no, Matt. Everybody here, I love you guys. Um, stay safe. And, um, and yeah, let's just keep watching movies. Absolutely. Um, whether they're at home yeah. or uh, in a bubble. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> bye, guys. Take
8: care, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.
5: Really quick before we uh, head out, I want to just say for the record, uh, we are going to uh, have a couple of different uh, changes over the next uh, few weeks to just accommodate uh, with what's going on right now. So uh, while we do not have uh, a podcast review of A Quiet Place 2 or Mulan coming up over the next two weeks, I do want to just say for the record that on next week's uh, podcast recording on Saturday, we will be doing a full podcast review of the Steven Soderbergh film Contagion. Um, the following week to replace uh, Mulan, I'll be honest with you guys. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. Um, I don't know what we're going to do uh, at that time. Outbreak. L- let's let's wait and see if there is a streaming <laughs> announcement of some sort, and uh, we can take things from there maybe. But uh, we'll de- we're we're going to just take this one week at a time. We are still going to have our throwback patreon uh podcast review of the 1998 animated version of mulan so that is still on the table and once we are done with the month of march our 2014 retrospective uh will begin in april so uh, we do have some stuff to look forward to in that regard as far as content is concerned um also a huge shout out to nicole ackman who is doing a next best adaptation where we'd basically take a look at some of the films that are going to be coming out well I don't know now if they're coming out towards the end of the year but they're based on books and Could be best adapted screenplay contenders. So, um, they, they are doing uh podcast recordings where they do review the novel that it is based on and talking about the potential it has uh for the movie release, hopefully uh later on this year. Uh, Next Best Theater is still going on, although I mean, with Broadway being what it is right now, I don't know what you know what that holds. However, I know that for um, you know, reviewing older shows and stuff, I know Michael, Dan, you, uh, Cody, you guys have. A lot of content still that you could possibly go through in that regard. So,
6: oh, we got plans. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not We're worried.
5: Not anywhere. <laughs> Um, Our interviews will continue um, as they come up. Uh, Like I said, we still want to try and help promote the smaller films as much as humanly possible. Uh, We are going to still be doing reviews of those smaller movies. Never really, sometimes, always. We will have a podcast review of that uh, sometime this week. I am going to attempt to have a podcast review of St. Maud. I don't know who I will have on for it yet, but I'm looking forward to it uh, regardless. And then April will be a whole whole new challenge for us um like i said we're taking it one week at a time over here but the site is not slowing down we're not stopping we're just trying to find um, more creative ways to uh provide you guys with great content hopefully uh during this very very trying period so with that said uh thank you guys uh once again uh, we will be back again next week to discuss what who knows um as things constantly change over here it's definitely making things uh pretty uncertain but you know like i said we're not stopping. The world is still spinning at the end of the day. So stay safe. Michael, where can I find
2: you? On the internet. You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95. And please wash your hands, everyone.
5: Super, super important. I don't know why this needs to be said, but, you know, God help us all. Bianca, where can I find you on the internet?
0: Well, you can find me at a safe distance of 1.5 meters away from people. <laughs> um, you can also find
4: me at the film B. Rebecca? You can find me on Twitter at Rebecca Daniel 95
6: five uh, Cody Derricks. You can find me all over the internet at Cody monster. 91
7: Dan bear. You can find me on the Twitter at
5: dance and Dan on film and Tom O'Brien.
3: I am on Twitter at Thomas E. O'Brien.
5: You can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 185 of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneInPlayer, FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback there, as well as your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. We recently did a uh, podcast review of 28 Days Later on there, uh, like I I said we're going to have an upcoming podcast review of the 1998 disney animated version of mulan which you can watch alongside us on disney plus and hopefully we'll be providing maybe some audio commentary tracks again other great content as well uh, that's exclusive to the patreon channel so give us a uh, subscribe on there for one dollar minimum a month thank you so much for listening as always we will see you all next week i guess that's next time next time <laughs> take care everyone Darth Vader says, most impressive.
0: <laughs> he would have been fine with the coronavirus, let's just admit. Darth Vader? <laughs>
6: <laughs> <Yeah>. He invested <laughs> in masks. Uh, he knew, man. he
0: knew, he sensed it.
7: And just, you know, prepared. anyone who has it, just force choke him, you know. <laughs> Get
6: rid of them.
0: What's the best film about, uh, like, a end of the world apocalypse type of thing? Like, 28 Days Later.
6: Uh, Doctor Strangelove. <laughs> oh, that's
0: oh, a good
6: one. Oh yes, I like
5: Melancholia.
7: Oh yeah, fuck oh, so me,
5: Melancholia is amazing. I love
7: Melancholia. Yeah, and so um. fun.
0: <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking of Children of Men.
5: Oh yeah, really oh my god, Children mm-hmm. of Men, a men is a masterpiece. So good. I am Basically, Britain right fun.
0: now is oh, like yeah. the beginning of uh, Children of Men. It's really like that. Oh yeah. Uh, has anyone seen um, a film called Perfect Sense with Eva Green and Ewan McGregor?
5: I have seen it. Sarah and I were talking about it uh, the the other day. It's
0: so good. Where they lose lose scent, your senses all by, one by one. So first it's t- taste or smell. You lose your um, t- you lose taste, then you use uh, smell. Then you start to lose your hearing, and then eventually the last is you go blind. But um okay. uh, yeah, Ewan McGregor and is a a chef in the film, so he's like impacted quite early on. But then he meets Eva Green, and there's a wonderful scene where they're eating uh, shaving shaving foam in the bath. Oh <laughs> but <they can't>. <laughs> it's, it sounds weird, but it's such a great film. So if you're looking for something to watch, I recommend it. It's got the worst title though, like yeah, Perfect it's, Sense. It's yeah. really cheesy. It sounds like a romantic comedy, but it's great
5: there's common sense and then there's perfect sense I don't think I've ever even heard of that before
0: I don't, I don't know it's got like Eva Green who you know um, and Hugh McGregor like two Love of my favorite people yeah.
5: Eva Green is my wife I'm just throwing it out there
0: <laughs> she just doesn't know it
5: when people ask me do
3: you have a type I say it's Eva Green <laughs>